Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The chaos we see unfolding in Afghanistan is one of the biggest foreign policy disasters in decades. And despite how some are trying to spin this, it all falls on the frail shoulders of President Joe Biden. This is Rob Smith is problematic. So problematics, I'm just coming back from vacation. Uh, I was on Martha's Vineyard for a couple of days. And it's, it's like I came back uh, to an absolute disaster that is coming out of Afghanistan. I have spent the past two days just really wrapping my head around how shockingly quickly Afghanistan has basically fallen to the Taliban. This is some really, really shocking stuff. I will just, you know, tell you some of the stuff I've seen. If you go to my Facebook page at Rob Smith Online, I'm, I'm trying to get all the problematics there because that's where I share a lot of my video content. You will see these uh, shocking videos of Afghanistan people clinging onto the outside of, of planes, of Air Force planes, as they are taking off from the airport. Some of these people falling to their deaths. It is unbelievable. We have seen videos of the Taliban taking over the presidential palace in Kabul. I saw a CNN report that was done by their international correspondent, Clarissa Ward, about how basically they are under Sharia law again. In Afghanistan, she has to wear the the hijab. She has to do all of this stuff um, while she's doing um, her report. So I spent most of the last two days watching this stuff in a state of utter disbelief. And the question that I have and the question that we should all be asking is how did we get here? How did we get to this point that Afghanistan, who the United States has spent multiple billions of dollars, okay, um, over the past 20 years to, to arm, to do all of this stuff. They have fallen so quickly um, to the Taliban. So the question is, how did we get here? So it has become more and more clear over the past couple of years, I would say over the past decade, that endless foreign war in America is is deeply unpopular. This is a bipartisan thing. People do not want this. And in fact, one of the ways that, that President Trump, former President Trump, came to power is because he basically said that we need to get out of foreign wars. And he really put an America first agenda forward in a way that not a lot of Republicans had been in the past because he realized that this was a war that was gotten into us that George Bush, George W. Bush got America into. And so it had been seen as war as being something that Republican hawks loved um, and that Democrats wanted to be anti-war, right? And so Trump flipped that on his head. And when Joe Biden was elected, um, this is what he had to say about getting out of Afghanistan earlier this year. And I want you to listen to this. Um, This is important. And I have to say that I agree with this. I want you to listen to this responsibility to lead their country, and that more and endless American military force could not create or sustain a durable Afghan government. I believed that our presence in Afghanistan should be focused on the reason we went in the first place, to ensure Afghanistan would not be used as a base from which to attack our homeland again. We did that. We accomplished that objective. I said, among with others, We'd follow Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell if need be. That's exactly what we did. And we got him. 
I've concluded that it's time to end America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home. And so he was right. He was a thing. Biden was right when he said this. Um, it, it, just as Trump was right when he said this, we cannot be in forever war forever, right? But there is a limit to this. And, and this is what I, I really want to break down. And I think that this is something that a lot of people don't understand. When they don't understand uh, about the fact that we have spent the past two decades, the reason that we went to Afghanistan in the first place was to stop it from being a center of terror. That's why we went to take out the Taliban in the first place. That was the reason that we were in Afghanistan. And what a lot of people don't understand, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but what a lot of people don't understand is how shockingly inept and how shockingly incompetent the militaries that, that we are arming and that we are training in these countries are. I was not in Afghanistan, but I went to Iraq and I will tell you from personal experience that the Iraqi police forces, that their military, the, these people were incompetent. Okay. And you could never, and we had a rule when I was in Iraq, we, I would never turn my back to these people when I had to do patrols or when you had to do drills or when you had to interact when I had to interact with the Iraqi military police force in any way, we never turned our back to these people no matter what, because you never know where their allegiances lie. And this is something that people did not take into consideration. They did not take into consideration how quickly Afghanistan would fall to the Taliban. I'm going to read you something, and this is from Time Magazine. U.S. intelligence estimates initially estimated that Afghanistan security forces, Afghan security forces could stave off Taliban offenses against major population centers like Kabul, like the Kabul that is being taken over right now for a year or possibly more. Just this month, the timetable was significantly downgraded to within 30 days or less. This is according to two current U.S. officials that Time magazine talked to. Instead, Afghan defenses lasted 10 days as the troops repeatedly acquiesced to the insurgents, allowing them to walk through Kabul's city gates untouched, right? And so this is what I'm talking about when you talk about the soldiers that are there, these Afghan soldiers. You never really know where their allegiances lie. Now, you will be over there and, and they will say anything in the world to the U.S. intelligence people that are there or the U.S. soldiers that are there um, if you're being paid by United States taxpayer dollars, by the way, to say that, you know, we don't have allegiance to, to the Taliban. Um, we want to rebuild Afghanistan in the way that you want us to. And, and we have allegiance to you guys and all of this stuff. These people will say anything. And then the second, the second, the Taliban came in. They didn't even put up much of a fight. And so let me break down just how much money was spent on this war over the past two decades. Biden administration officials routinely argued, this is again from Time magazine, that Afghanistan's 300,000 plus troops and police, which the U.S. has spent at least $84 billion to train and equip vastly outnumbered the estimated 75,000 Taliban fighters. They pointed to Afghanistan's air force of attack planes and helicopters, which were also paid for by the United States, as well as the firepower and heavy weaponry. So basically what we are seeing right now, and I do not know the answer to this. I have a couple of ideas. I'll get to that later in the podcast. But what we are looking at right now 
is the fact that we have spent $84 billion in U.S. taxpayer money over the past two decades to effectively arm the Taliban. Because that is what is happening here. As Afghanistan falls to the Taliban, we have wasted $84 billion in U.S. taxpayer money to fund people that hate us. People that chant death to America in front of CNN cameras. So this is where we're at right now. But yet, Joe Biden said that this would never happen. This is what he said. This is just five weeks ago. Okay, this is what he said about the possibility of the Taliban taking over. This was um, a a speech and, and some remarks from the White House on July 8th. The Taliban is not the South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the of the United States from Afghanistan. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. No, obviously this is false. Obviously we are seeing right now how quote unquote unlikely that was. But here's the thing. My initial assessment of this was that this was inevitable, that this was going to happen no matter what, as soon as we pulled all troops out from Iraq. That assessment may not have been correct. Because here's the thing. When Trump came out, and when Trump had the America First Agenda, and when he said, get U.S. you know, out of forever war, um, he clashed with a lot of hawkish, swampy Republicans on this, right? And the reason why I say this is that people understand That what the swamp means is that there is going to be a lot of people that have vested financial interest in forever war, whether it is through their stocks, whether it is through the lobbying money they get, whatever. The swamp is the swamp for a reason, right? So now what should have happened and what it should have been done, and this is what, and and you never know where, where the spin is coming from. Because now, you know, Trump and Pompeo, and I'll get to, to, to Trump's statement and what Pompeo had to say on Fox News a little bit later. But now they are saying that we had a plan that was a scaled back drawdown. And basically, there were levels that the Afghanistan military had to hit in terms of readiness and in terms of effectiveness and in terms of all of this, these other things. And this drawdown would not have happened if they did not reach these goals. And now we'll never be able to know whether that is true or false because the Trump administration is not in power anymore. And like I said before, the problem here is not necessarily getting out of Afghanistan because you have to realize that at a certain point, at a high point, we had 80,000 troops in Afghanistan. We had 80,000 troops over there. That is a lot of troops. Okay, so we had 80,000 troops over there. And when you get to a level where you're drawing down from 80,000 troops to 2,500 troops, yes, it is going to be a forever war. But the reason that you keep a troop level that's even that small there is to avoid disasters like what is happening right now. So these troops would have stayed there to help them draw down. This is what I think. I think that if the Trump administration and Pompeo were still in power, they would have gotten this intelligence and they would have had to go back on that stuff. They would have gotten this intelligence that says that if we pull out right now, that the Afghanistan military is so weak that they're going to be beaten in a month, possibly less. There's no way that they would have pulled out from that. 
And so now, unsurprisingly, Biden and the left are trying to pin this disaster, what is happening right now on Trump. And I'm going to tell you what they are saying and what Trump's reaction to all of this is right after the break. So like I said before, I I think that if Trump was still in power, I think that if there were real brains that were in power in our United States military system, in in our national defense system, in our, our, our international realm, if there were real brains in power that were thinking about um, something other than putting critical race theory into the United States military and highly politicizing the military to, to do drawdowns against extremism in order to demonize Trump supporters, all of that stuff, I do believe that if they were still in power, that they probably would not have drawn down the true presence to zero, right? But now, that's not what happened. The left is in power, Joe Biden is in power, or whoever is running this country while Joe Biden is hiding in the basement. And they released an absolutely pathetic photo of Joe Biden sitting in some sort of control, some sort of center at Camp David where he's always on vacation, um, talking with a bunch of leaders on a Zoom call. It, It was pathetic. This was pathetic, right? So now, Biden released this statement. And I'm going to read you this statement that came from Biden, and I'm going to play for you Pompeo's reaction to this. This is what Biden says. When I came to office, I inherited a deal cut by my predecessor, which he invited the Taliban to discuss at Camp David on the eve of 9-11 of 2019 that left the Taliban in the strongest position militarily since 2001 and imposed a May 1st, 2021 deadline on U.S. forces. Shortly before he left office, he also drew U.S. forces down to a bare minimum of 2,500. Therefore, when I became president, I faced a choice. Follow through on the deal with the brief extension to get our forces and our allies' forces out safely, or ramp up our presence and send more American troops to fight once again in another country's civil conflict. I was the fourth president to reside over an American troop presence in Afghanistan. Two Republicans, two Democrats. I would not and will not pass this war on to a fifth. So this is what Joe Biden had to say. And before I get into to what Pompeo uh, had to say about this, I, I just have to say that this is a completely ridiculous statement. First of all, the troop level had been at 2,500, like Biden said, since before Trump left office. That was a level that was obviously enough to sustain Afghanistan and to not see it devolve into absolute chaos. And maybe this is something that should have been rethought. Maybe it's just it was going to be one of those things where we will just be there to a certain level forever. We have troops all around the world because here's the thing. Once you get into these conflicts and once you start these conflicts and once billions of dollars of U.S. money has been spent to arm and train and and all of this stuff with these foreign soldiers, it's hard to get out. And so this statement by Biden is cowardly. It is weak. It is a lie. It is such nakedly political spin that I can't even believe it. Every disaster 
that happens within this administration from the border to inflation and now Afghanistan is blamed on the previous administration. That is not leadership. That is not taking ownership. But this is what we see from the left. Everything is somebody else's fault. They never take ownership of anything. Everything is somebody else's fault. You guys have power. Okay. The Trump administration has no power. So they have power and this is what they do with their power. So I want you to listen to what former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had to say um, in response to this statement on Fox News. What do you think of President Biden's attempt here to, to blame, to pin all the blame for what's transpired in these last few weeks on the deal he says he, quote, inherited from President Trump and from you? If the risks weren't so serious, Chris, it'd be pathetic. I wouldn't have let my 10-year-old son get away from this kind of pathetic blame shifting. Uh, he should be less focused on trying to uh, blame this on someone else than to solving the problem of making sure that we protect and defend American security. Chris, it's worth noting, this did not happen on our watch. We reduced our forces significantly, and the Taliban didn't advance on capitals all across Afghanistan. So it's just a, a plain old fact that this is happening under the Biden administration's leadership now, almost a quarter of a way into his first term. This is, this is not the way leaders lead by pointing backwards. We had a bad deal we inherited. The JCPOA, we got out of it. We secured America from the risk from Iran. We inherited a horrible deal in Syria where ISIS controlled real estate the size of Great Britain. We crushed them. Every president confronts challenges. This president confronted a challenge in Afghanistan. He has utterly failed to protect the American people from this challenge. And of course, he's absolutely right. Because, and this is the thing, and I think that this is what people um, really don't understand about what is happening right now. What is happening right now, and honestly, this is really changing my view of all of this stuff, of, of pulling out immediately. It's obvious that there's going to have to be more troops. And in fact, um, the Biden administration just sent 5,000 more troops there to help with their pullout because now they're trying to get their Americans out of there. They're trying to get Afghanistan, their Afghani allies out of there. And the thing about it is, is that this is what I said earlier. When I talked about being a soldier overseas and when I talked about not trusting these quote unquote soldiers from, from these other countries, Iraq, Afghanistan, whatever, because you never truly know where their allegiances lie. These people folded like that. They folded very, very, very quickly. And looking at this and seeing how quickly this has all happened really makes me sort of rethink my perspective and, and think about this. This is such a stunning failure. This is a, a failure on the policy level. This is a failure of America. This is a failure of the Biden administration. But this is also, at, from a troops perspective, from a, a veteran of war, from my perspective, it is disrespectful and deeply hurtful to the soldiers that have served, to the soldiers that still serve, um, and the soldiers that lost their life in Afghanistan. And I want to read to you some of the, the human costs of this, this Afghan war. We have had, through April of 2021, 2,448 American service members killed in Afghanistan. We have had 3,846 um, U.S. contractors killed in Afghanistan. This is from, from AP. 66,000 um, Afghan national military and police have been killed. 47,000 Afghan civilians 72 journalists, 444 aid workers, um, 51,000 Taliban and other opposition fighters that have been killed in this, right? So 
when you see this stunning fall that is happening in Afghanistan, when you see what is happening right now, um, it is so disrespectful to the troops. It is so disrespectful of the lives that have been lost in Afghanistan. Seeing Afghanistan fall like this, what this means is that those lives were for naught. So those over 2,000 American troops, they died for nothing. And those U.S. contractors died for nothing. And what this does is it turns Afghanistan directly back into what we went in there in order to fight, what we went there in order to, de- to avoid. What we went in there to, in order to avoid was that becoming a power center for terrorism, what we were fighting um, in reaction to the fact that it was because we, they had fighters that came over here and that killed thousands of American people on 9-11. So this is what we were going in there for. And so now, now that Afghanistan is is falling to the Taliban, now that we're seeing these images, now that we are seeing these images of the Taliban take over presidential palace, we see all of this stuff. The message that this sends to global sponsors of terrorism all across the world is that now Afghanistan is a safe haven for terror. Afghanistan is now a safe haven for people who chant death to America. Afghanistan is now a safe haven for the Taliban to partner up with ISIS, with more al-Qaeda, with, with, with other caliphates overseas. This is serious stuff. And what is happening right here is making Americans less safe. I do not know if there is an answer to what is going on in this country right now, in Afghanistan right now, I do not know that there is an answer to this that does not include an increased or sustained military presence in Afghanistan. We have turned this into war all over again. And the longer that we wait to address it militarily, I believe, the more dangerous Afghanistan becomes. And that is just where we're at right now. And that is what this means for America. And that is what this means for the troops. So now our active duty soldiers that are currently serving right now are probably like, we're going to have to go in there and we're just going to have to have that initial ground war. All Are we going to have to do this all over again? Two decades of work have been demolished Thousands of American lives have been wasted because this pull down, drawback from the Biden administration has been a total disaster. And that's just what it is. And so now they are flat footed. They have a huge military issue on their hands, guys. I don't think that we're going to be talking about critical race theory in the military. I don't think we're going to be talking about one of those generals. I believe it was General McMillie talking about how to understand his white rage. I don't think we're going to be having these conversations now because stuff just got very real in Afghanistan. In a rare occurrence, both conservative and traditional media, even CNN, seem to be united in what an unmitigated disaster this all is. I will tell you what they are saying right after the break. So one of the most surprising things about what is going on right now is 
that this seems to be kind of one of the the rare occurrences that people seem to be soberly assessing this and and sort of not devolving into to super petty partisan politics. I've read uh, a lot of the things that people have had to say about this from the left and from the right, and, and it, it is very interesting. Like I'm just going to read you you know, a a couple of things that that are being said. Like, look, you have anywhere from CNN to the New York Times to to, to Fox News agreeing on this. So CNN columnist said, the debacle of the U.S. defeat and chaotic retreat in Afghanistan was a political disaster for the U.S. president and slammed his failure to orchestrate an urgent and orderly exit. The Atlantic said that, the Atlantic, this is the left-leaning Atlantic, said that there is enough blame attached For the Afghanistan crisis to, quote, fill a library of books and condemn the betrayal of the Afghan people as the Atlantic placed the, quote unquote, burden of shame on Joe Biden. The New York Post said that Biden's claims that he inherited his predecessor Donald Trump's withdrawal plans were a lie. And the situation is as humiliating an end as the rooftop scramble in Saigon in 1975. And that's some tough stuff, folks. I think that... Comparisons um, of Afghanistan to to Vietnam are are a little lazy. I don't know that they are particularly apt. Number one, you know, the Vietnam War was probably not something that that America should have gotten involved with in the first place. Um, that war was unwinnable, um, and, and we did lose it. We went into Afghanistan because we were attacked by the Taliban. And now the most unfortunate thing about what is happening right now is that we are approaching the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, it is very possible that there is going to be a Taliban flag flying in Afghanistan. And I want you to listen to, when we think about you know the media, when we think about how partisan it generally is, and it is, mind you, and I'm not making any excuses for the media. But I want you to listen to what Jake Tapper had to say about what has happened here and and what is really going on. And I I think that there's something to be said for for what he has to say about this. I want you to listen to this. Where the state of our union is watching a tragic foreign policy disaster unfold before our eyes. Weeks before the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and the deadline for President Biden's complete withdrawal of U.S. service members, the Taliban are laying waste to all the gains in that country. Having seized much of Afghanistan, the Taliban are now at the gates of the capital city of Kabul. The representatives are meeting with leadership inside the Afghan presidential palace. The rapid crumbling of the country has caught the Biden White House flat-footed on Saturday After pulling out almost all of the 2,500 service members there when he took office, President Biden said he would deploy more than more U.S. troops, 5,000 now total, for the limited mission of getting Americans and others fleeing safely out of Kabul. Warning of a, quote, swift and strong U.S. response if the Taliban interfere. And with the constant thrum of helicopters overhead, sources tell CNN this morning that a total evacuation of Americans from our embassy in Kabul is well underway and should be completed by Tuesday. That is, of course, a sharp turnaround from six weeks ago when President Biden called it highly unlikely that the Taliban would overrun the country, an assessment that even at the time struck many experts in Biden's own administration as unrealistic. And now as American diplomats rush to shred embassy documents and escape, it seems shocking 
that President Biden could have been so wrong. It's only shocking if you're not paying attention to to what's going on. And I'm going to tell you guys that I, I don't root for America to fail. Um, I don't root for Americans to fail. I was not actively rooting for Joe Biden to fail. Joe Biden was not my choice. I did not vote for Joe Biden. But I did not root for him to fail. But we have to be very serious. And we have to be very honest about how serious this is. Because I'm thinking back to all of the petty, stupid controversies that this country was was embroiled in during the Trump years. All of these controversies that were just created by media. It was it was it was BS. It was nonsense. None of it was real. It, it was all false. The only controversy that happened during the Trump administration that was really real, that really affected the lives of America was was the coronavirus pandemic. And that was China's doing, right? So what we're dealing with right here is a true foreign policy disaster. So we have gone from a period of relative peace and relative prosperity to utter disasters at every turn. We have got what we're seeing in Afghanistan right now. We have got inflation. We have got the border disaster. It is almost enough to make me believe sometimes that this stuff is by design. That this stuff is the swamp. I don't know reasserting their authority. I don't know if if they knew this was going to happen so that they could have an excuse to send even more troops in to keep the swamp going on. I do not know what is happening here. The only thing that I know for absolute certain, the only thing that I know is that what we are seeing right now in Afghanistan the videos that we're seeing when we're seeing the Taliban taking over the, the presidential palace in, in Kabul, when we are seeing people clinging to flying helicopters and, and falling from their deaths because they are so afraid of what their lives are going to be now that the Taliban has taken control in less than a week. This is a major issue for America. This is a major problem for the Biden administration. This is not something that they are going to be able to spin their way out of. This is not something that they're going to be able to get Hollywood celebrities to lie for them to get out of it. This is something they are actually going to have to deal with. And as somebody who does not want America to fail, as somebody who does not advocate for the failure of America, my God, I hope that they figure this out. I hope that cooler heads prevail. I hope that they figure this out. Because if what we are seeing right now coming out of Afghanistan, if this continues for the coming days, for the coming weeks, for the coming months, it leaves America in a very, very weak and exposed position when it comes to how safe we are from terrorists. When it comes to Afghanistan becoming a stronghold for terror yet again, two decades after we entered Afghanistan in the first place, in tens of billions of dollars of U.S. taxpayer money spent, of thousands of lives of Americans lost, I hope, I genuinely hope 
that the Biden administration finds some way to deal with it. Because if not, we're screwed. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.